Here's our Aussie correspondent, Chris Russell, based out of Sydney. Chris, what is the world coming to? I see that you've got a proposed new greenie law in Australia, the right to disconnect. So your boss can't ring you up after hours if there's something urgent that needs attended to. This might be the same boss, however, who lets you take the afternoon off to watch your kids run in the school cross country. Do you agree with me on this? Well, look, this is a, this is another, you know, this came from the greenies, so I don't need to answer that question. Anything they come up with is generally out of this world. And, and this is another ridiculous amendment forced on the government by the Greens as the government responds to their debt to yet another interest group, which is the unions. So the unions are pushing for things like the right to enter private companies and inspect their books for wages, and the right to be able to ban casual work, to stop these people being employed with their own trucks, being couriers and things, what they call gig work. Um, you know, and they want to make all those people deemed employees and forced employers to pay them full holiday pay and sick pay, which sounds good from the employer point of view, except that the employers won't be able to afford it, so they'll just go broke. So in getting all those things through, the, the, obviously the Conservative parties are going to vote against it. The only way they've been able to do it is to get the Greens on side by agreeing to this ridiculous right to disconnect thing, which means that, you know, unreasonable contact after hours they're calling it. Well, what it means is if the Bob rings after, boss rings after hours to say, mate, look, we're in trouble in the morning, come in an hour early, you don't even take the call. Talking about the unions, what's happening to that live export ship that's marooned off the coast of West Australia? Yeah, so since I spoke to you, in fact, just after I spoke to you last week, um, it, it returned back into the Fremantle Harbour. The difference being, however, that it wasn't allowed to unload any of the animals initially. Then, under veterinary instructions, they allowed them to unload a few of the cattle, but they had to be completely segregated from any other animals uh, that were in the port waiting for other ships. So that's where we're at at the moment. Now, nothing's really dying or getting sick or whatever, but the, the exporter then applied for a permit to resend the ship back to Israel again, and that was denied. So they haven't given them a permit. I think they feel that's too long a journey. They're looking for something shorter. The problem is that the Indonesians have not yet issued any permits for live cattle imports for this year yet. It's, uh, they're coming up to sort of presidential holidays and debates and heavens knows what. So all that's been delayed. And so they haven't got Indonesia as an alternative. So these animals are just sitting in limbo. They won't let them send them another long distance. They can't go through the Red Sea. And there's no permits yet been issued for, his, for Indonesia. I'm sure it will be resolved one way or another shortly, but certainly at this stage those animals aren't being allowed to come into any contact with animals in Australia. So I need to apologise to the unions. It's a biosecurity issue, not a union issue. Uh, Seaweed may not be the methane-stopping solution we're all looking for. I thought this was like the silver bullet. Well, so did, so did I, and so did a lot of people. The problem with there are three solutions. There's this uh, asparagopsis seaweed. There's the buvia, which is a chemical that's uh, been produced in Europe, which is similar. And then there's also feeding of certain plants, like leucina bush, which is a tropical legume. Now, the first two are both in doubt, particularly the seaweed, which was going to be the majority of it for three reasons. One, it's going to cost about 20 cents a head which is, it doesn't sound much, but per day, which is quite a lot of money. Secondly, is that there's about uh, 
90% of the cattle in Australia are out on the paddock and there's no way of delivering it to them. The boluses don't seem to be working um, and they haven't got any kind of feeders or anything to be able to deliver it. Only a million of our 29 million head in Australia at any one time are in a feedlot where they could be fed. And the third biggest problem is it appears to be lifting the uh, levels of um, bromine in the meat because of the bromine that's in the seaweed to levels which may be unacceptable to the Europeans being above their minimum sort of safety levels. So on those three levels, this is not going to probably be the holy grail originally it was, and it certainly puts the National Farmers Federation aim of being zero emissions by 2030 um, pretty much in doubt. Chris, just to finish on really quickly, uh, are you a Swifty? Have you got your ticket, like most Australians, to go and see Tay-Tay? I wouldn't walk across the other side of the street to go and see Tay-Tay, as they call her. But I tell you what, a lot of people will. This looks like being the first $1 billion tour we've ever had in Australia. That's the gross um, of this whole tour, $1 billion. I mean, Taylor Swift's worth about $800 million personally at the moment. Um, but in New South Wales alone, they're saying it's going to boost our economy by $130 million. That's in addition to this billion-dollar tour. And uh, 85% of the hotel rooms in Sydney are booked out for when she's in Sydney, which I think is the 23rd, the 25th of February. Uh, Melbourne's booked out. Uh, unbelievably good for business here. And everybody's talking about it. And I'm saying, uh, did I miss out on those genes somewhere? Because, as I said, I wouldn't walk across the street to listen to it. Well, let's see how her boyfriend goes in Monday's Super Bowl. Chris, out of time. Thanks for yours. No worries, Jamie.